Recently, I watched a fascinating video on YouTube on the Wired channel that featured Joe Navarro, a former FBI agent who specialized in interrogation and reading body language. I will link to that video in the show notes. He concentrated on the face in his video, and I was amazed by all the clues we can gather by watching people's faces if we know what to look for. In fact, humans are wired from birth to concentrate on nonverbal cues we receive by observing facial expressions. This video got me thinking about body language and nonverbal communication and how vital it is to good storytelling. Today, we will cover using body language to improve your writing by conveying emotion, showing instead of telling, boosting characterization, and so much more. Hey, Writing Pursuits authors, welcome back to the podcast. To those of you who are new, I want to extend a special welcome. My name is Kathrice McKee, and I'm glad you're here. If you are a writer seeking encouragement, information, and inspiration, this podcast is for you. Let's get to it. Reasons to use body language. One, convey emotion and meaning using nonverbal cues such as facial expression, eye contact, posture, voice, body movement, touch, proximity, emotional awareness, and attentiveness. At the kid's soccer match, is mom shading her eyes, leaning forward in her chair and calling out encouragement? Or is mom standing at a distance, texting on her phone and deaf to the shouts of the other parents? Two, show instead of tell. Notice in the previous example of the mom at the soccer game, I did not say the woman didn't care about her child's feelings, but you might gather as much in context. Her inattention could mean she's consumed about worry about something. I showed her actions, but I didn't tell you what they meant. Three, reduce the need for speech tags, which Get repetitive during dialogue. Use beats instead. Speech tags are not bad, but sometimes we get lazy when we write and miss the opportunity to do more because it's easier to rely on speech tags than to use meaningful beats. Let's look at an example passage. Way to go, Bobby! Derek yelled and jostled Mandy's arm, and the sounds of jubilation in the bleachers yanked her to the present, to the hot summer morning in the high school stadium, away from the shattering text message on her screen. She punched the off button on the phone and shoved it in her back pocket. What happened? Bobby scored a goal. Didn't you see it? He scored? Yeah. Um, she bit her lip and glanced toward the field. I can't believe I missed it. Derek bent down to get a better look at her face. Is something wrong? Oh, uh, she hesitated. Well, my boss sent me a text. On a Saturday? Yeah. Um, her throat burned as she forced herself to lie. Becky had to go home and I need to fill in. Now? Today? Yes. He had the kindest brown eyes. Why did it have to be this way? Um, could you? She resisted the urge to fidget. I mean, would you be willing to watch Bobby for a few hours? Derek studied her for a long moment before he nodded. Of course I can. Mark would enjoy having Bobby over. Relief washed over her. Well, thank you so much. I'll pick up some pizza for all of us when I get off. Would that be okay? Sure. He leaned back with a crooked smile. Hey, I never turned down free food. You're a lifesaver. No problem. I gotta let Bobby's coach know before I leave. Mandy crammed her water bottle and her hat into her game day bag, extracted her chunky keychain, and grasped the new pepper spray canister like a talisman. 
With fresh courage, she descended the bleacher steps on shaky legs. There are no speech tags in this scene fragment, but there's plenty of subtext. Four, relay sensory information. Heat, cold, numbness, softness, hardness. Five, boost characterization. What does each character feel, notice, or think about? These things show what sort of person they are. How do they betray their thoughts through body language? How do they try to hide or mask their emotional reactions through deceptive body language? Six, communicate subtext. If your protagonist is socially awkward or somehow unaware of clues from other characters, they may see the other character's body language and not fully understand but your readers will get it. This is a great way to increase the tension of a passage. Indeed, the readers may be shouting warnings from the sidelines. For example, let's say that this is a romantic thriller and Derek is the love interest. If the reader knows Mandy is doing something stupid and dangerous, they may be rooting for Derek to stop her. He almost catches on that something isn't right, but he doesn't know Mandy well enough yet to question what she's up to, so he lets her go off to face danger alone. Writing Pursuits is run by Catherine McKee, who has been trusted by fiction authors since 2014 to take their writing to a new level of excellence. Catherine is a three-story method certified editor who specializes in story diagnostics, coaching, and line editing to help you prepare your story for the journey ahead. For more information, go to writingpursuits.com. The link is in the show notes. And now, back to the podcast. Tips for using body language in dialogue. One, don't overdo it. If you describe every little action, your prose will get out of hand. Two, use strong verbs. If you notice lots of L-Y adverbs in your prose, it's time to stretch for better verbs. Let's look back at our passage. The verbs were yelled, jostled, yanked, punched, shoved, bit, glanced, bent, burned, forced, resisted, studied, nodded, washed, um, leaned, crammed, extracted, grasped, and descended. Most verbs in the passage indicated action and exact meaning without the need for helping words. Three, watch out for repetitive patterns like beat, line, beat, line, beat, line, or line, beat, line, beat, line, beat. Mix things up. It's easy to fall into a passage, especially with dialogue. So look for this type of thing when you are self-editing. For example, Derek turned toward her. Bobby scored a goal. Didn't you see it? She stared at him blankly. He scored? He gave her an incredulous stare. Yeah! She bit her lip and glanced toward the field. Um, I can't believe I mix missed it. Derek bent down to get a better look at her face. Is something wrong? She hesitated. Oh, uh, well, my boss sent me a text. Did you see the pattern? Did you hear it? Beat, line, beat, line, beat, line. An entire page of this gets old fast. Also, the lines make the beats unnecessary. You don't need to say that Derek turned toward her because it's implied by his line. Bobby scored a goal. Didn't you see it? You don't need to say that Mandy stared at him incredulously because you see it in your head based on her line. He scored? Your reader is smart enough to fill in the blanks. Four, plain unadorned lines are okay as long as it's clear who is speaking and as long as the word choices seem authentic to each character. If you had only the lines to go on, would you know who was speaking? Can we remove the beats from the passage and know who is speaking? Way to go, Bobby! What happened? Bobby scored a goal. Didn't you see it? He scored? Yeah. Um, I can't believe I missed it. Is something wrong? 
Oh, uh, well, my boss sent me a text. On a Saturday? Yeah, um, Becky had to go home, and I need to fill in. Now? Today? Yes. Um, could you, I mean, would you be willing to watch Bobby for a few hours? Of course I can. Mark would love to have Bobby over. Thank you so much. I'll pick up some pizza for all of us when I get off. Would that be okay? Sure. Hey, I never turn down free food. You're a lifesaver. Oh, no problem. I gotta let Bobby's coach know before I leave. Without the pros, we don't know who's talking at first, and we don't know where they are. We can tell one of the speakers was distracted enough to miss Bobby's goal. That character uses um a lot and needs to leave. The other character is thoughtful and accommodating. By the time you get to the end of the dialogue, you're pretty sure they have boys, Bobby and Mark, who are playing in a soccer game. And we know it's Saturday. The beats help give context and subtext, and most of the beats are nonverbal communication. Five, double check your dialogue for clarity. Be sure the reader knows who is speaking. If the speaker is unclear, add tags or physical action to help the reader understand without having to read the lines again. Six, keep beats with lines. Usually a character's beats should be in the same paragraph with their lines. Not always, but usually. Of course, beats often happen on their own. There are three pitfalls of using body language in fiction. Floating body parts. For the most part, make sure characters are in control. For example, her hand flew to her mouth. Oh my, a flying hand. Instead, Mandy covered her mouth with her hand. Her feet shuffled through the leaves. Instead, she shuffled through the leaves. Two, weird, awkward, gross word pictures. For example, his eyes devoured her face. I know I've read this in the sentence in real life. The author was trying to be romantic, but it's gross and unintentionally funny. Three, cliche overused phrases. She rolled her eyes. Yes, it's cliche, but rolling eyes are part of the lexicon. Sometimes there isn't a better way. I would advise you to be aware and try to find other ways to communicate the same emotion. Don't obsess about floating body parts and cliche phrases, but try to minimize them. This is work for the revision phase. Feel free to use shorthand and trite expressions during your first draft. I don't want to leave you without sharing a couple of resources. First, consider purchasing Joe Navarro's book, The Dictionary of Body Language, A Field Guide to Human Behavior. I think so highly of this book that I have included it on the resources page on writingpursuits.com and in the show notes. Secondly, I highly recommend purchasing The Emotion Thesaurus, A Writer's Guide to Character Expression by Becky Paglusi and Angela Ackerman. I love the way they name an emotion and spell out dozens of physical tells that go with it. This book is also on the resources page on writingpursuits.com. Today we have talked about body language to convey emotion and meaning using nonverbal clues, to show instead of tell, to reduce the need for speech tags and dialogue, to relay sensory information, to boost characterization, and to communicate subtext and build tension. The question of the week is, what are some overused phrases you try to avoid in your fiction writing? <laughs> Leave your answers at writingpursuits.com forward slash podcast forward slash 59. That's all I have for today. Until next time, keep writing, my friends. Keep writing. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a star rating and follow the podcast. If you're new around here, 
I hope you will sign up for Writing Pursuits Tips for Authors, my newsletter that comes out most Thursdays when health and life permit. That link and all the links mentioned in today's episode are in the show notes at writingpursuits.com. Please join us on Wednesdays for new episodes and keep writing, my friends. Keep writing. Keep writing.